What's going on, everybody? Bobby Fresco, Bobby Fresco Radio. I'm having a good night tonight. Check it out. Um, before we really get started with today's program, I want to just say thank you to everybody that's listened so far, everybody that tunes in. And as a matter of fact, if you've listened to all three uh, episodes and have tuned in to this one, the fourth one, I give you an extra special thanks. Um, I remember when I was a little kid, I used to tell my moms what was Dodge doing and what was uh, Ford doing and give, try to give her all of this uh, useless information that she knew not what to do with. Um, didn't know how to quite handle it, you know, so she'd be like, oh boy, be quiet, uh, go in your room, go play some video games, da 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 da. Um, so I never really had an outlet to spew all of this random car knowledge that just bounced around in my head uh, when I was a little kid. And growing up and growing up, uh, uh, it was much like that throughout most of my life until, you know, I found a group of car friends and stumbled upon selling cars and I was able to just regurgitate all of this uh, car knowledge I had. Um, but long story short, if you are tuned in and if you have been tuning in, whether you're new, old, just like to say thank you for uh, listening to me ramble and welcome to the party, y'all. So today, today we're going to be doing something extra special. I have a vast knowledge of cars, car trends, and I'm going to try to use my expertise to save Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi Motor Company. Um, Mitsubishi Motor Company started a uh, around 1917 as a shipbuilder, then moved forward with that all the way up to like 1937, where they graduated to building aircraft, still building ships, railroad cars, and the whole nine. They came to the US back in like 1982, I think it was, uh, which is, hey, my birth year. There you go. Uh, my middle name is uh, Mitsubishi. Their 2018 total sales, I don't want to kind of go beyond that because then you got the bubble and COVID and all of that. So we'll go with the 2018 numbers is right about 118,000 units, um, which is uh, kind of a, a low number. It's a little bit more than what like Lincoln Motor Company did in 2018, but a lot less than like, let's say Kia and a bunch of other brands, Honda and I honestly feel like Mitsubishi can get back to where they were. And we're going to figure out exactly how to do that. So let's talk about first some of the notable cars from their past, like the Lancer, the Evo, the Gallant, the Mitsubishi Montero, the Diamante, and one of their first uh, three original cars, the uh, Starion. All amazing, amazing cars all day. And that leads me to one of our first biggest problems that Mitsubishi has. They don't really have any legacy vehicles. Um, everything I've mentioned, oh, and I forgot one, the uh, 3000 GT, which was an epic, epic car. Um, they're all dead. And in their eras, they were amazing cars, including the Diamante. The Diamante was actually a nice luxury vehicle you couldn't afford the 5 Series at the time, you would get one of these, and it had curb appeal. So it was actually, for its time, and in its time, it was a rather good-looking vehicle, and kind of fun to drive, enough power for the time, but, you know, nowhere near for uh, today's standards. So let's talk about what they currently have. So right now, the 20, 
23 year model you're looking at the Mitsubishi Mirage they have the regular one and then they also have a G4 the uh, regular one is a five-door um, so it's a hatchback you're looking at for the Mirage you're looking at 16,000 all the way up to about $24,000 and then the G4 model starts at 18 and goes all the way up to about $25,000 models include the ES LE SE and the BE um, not really much differences besides minor options between the two nothing cool nothing awesome um, you can get alloy wheels with the BE and the SE um, and for some reason uh, the, an armrest is an option or oh, well, the armrest slash console is an option it, it looks horrible without it, it that should be standard um, if we change anything we're doing that one first <laughs> Then the next vehicle is gonna be the Eclipse Cross. This is the only vehicle that does have some sort of legacy name to it, but it's a crossover. This Eclipse has nothing to do with the Eclipse of yesteryear. And honestly, to double back, I don't think I mentioned Eclipse with some of their uh, uh, notable vehicles throughout history. And the Eclipse definitely should be mentioned. Um, it had two versions of the Eclipse in Fast and Furious, so that makes you a legend like just like by itself. So, the Eclipse Cross starts out about 25.7, goes all the way up to about 29 with a 1.5 liter engine. Not too fast, not too slow. It's actually a sharp looking vehicle. That's the one thing I will say about Mitsubishi. The Mirage is very mundane. The G4 is very mundane. And mind you, keep in mind those are the same cars. One is just a hatchback, the G4 is the sedan. They're, they blend into traffic. There's nothing cool about them, but they're, they're, I wouldn't call them unattractive vehicles either. At the end of the day, they're just bland. They're blah. Um, but I got a plan for that. Then we're gonna move on to the Outlander Sport. Um, Outlander Sport starts at about 21.7, goes up to about 24, has a, a regular 2.0 engine available, um, puts out, um, let's see something here, right at about 150 some odd horsepower, which is, oh my God, oh, yeah, let me tell you about this, the Mirage. So, the Mirage, you're looking at a whopping, a tire-burning 90 horsepower. What are, what, are we, what are we doing with that? But I, I got a solution. It does get good fuel economy, but it's got absolutely no power, so it kind of has to, but just by force. Now, the funny thing is, this thing does come with some weird options, the Outlander Sport, and to give you an idea of what kind of uh, vehicle we're looking at, we're looking at a a subcompact crossover so a very small SUV if you will um, it's a little bit smaller than the Eclipse Cross but the Eclipse Cross is designed to be just a tad sporty looking it just doesn't have the sport behind it but we're gonna get into that um, one of the funny options I noticed on this vehicle you can actually get a fake carbon fiber grill for $495 and an exterior uh, trim package is $695 um, that gives you some nice wheels, red trim, so they have a way to jazz it up. But we're we're gonna go a little bit beyond that. Then you have their top selling vehicle right now, the Outlander. Starts at twenty six nine, goes up to thirty four nine. It's got a two point five four cylinder engine, which is one of their older engines. They've had it for a while. Puts out one hundred and eighty one horsepower. Um, they also have a plug-in hybrid version that puts out 131 horsepower, which 
is horrible. We're gonna work on all of that. Um, <clears throat> they have, you know, LED lighting, uh, dynamic shield, which actually is LED lighting that lights up the grill. It looks really, really good. It looks really, really classy. Um, but other than that, there's a black edition that gives you cool wheels and blacked out trim like most manufacturers. You can tell that's kind of where they've set a lot of their uh, R&D dollars. Um, so here's what we're gonna do. One of the things I notice about their line is everything has really dismal power and sometimes it's okay to have small power as the standard engine because not everybody wants power, but I feel like it should be optional. And one of the things I noticed, one of their uh, legendary cars is the Evo. Evo had a 2.0 turbo engine putting out 303 horsepower. Last time Mitsubishi used this engine was back in 2015. So it's time to blow the dust off this engine, bring it back out, let's drop it in a couple vehicles. Now. Mitsubishi is currently running the Eclipse Cross in Dakar Racing. If you don't know what Dakar is, it's an off-road sand-based uh, uh, race that is extremely grueling. Mitsubishi has a manufacturer-sponsored team there. They run an amazing vehicle and it does really, really well. Um, and throughout the years, Mitsubishi has won Dakar in the Montero Sport and a few other vehicles. And the Evo's also been a champion in the rally world. So they have a racing pedigree and uh, racing history, whether on-road or off-road. So it's time to, to tap into that. The first, one of the first things I wanna do is make a couple changes to the current models. Uh, sometimes the cheapest thing to do is look at what we have available and tweak that before we just start dropping tons of R&D dollars on new vehicles. So. The Mirage, we're going to leave it pretty much the same, but I do want a tuner package, maybe recycling their Rally Art package from the um, Evo, excuse me, from the Lancer. And it's a kind of a tuner, fast and furious kind of package. Make it a hot hatch. We're going to pull the 1.5 turbo out of the Eclipse and make it an option in this package add some spoilers, add uh, some ground effects, um, front and rear air dams, as well as um, that turbo engine and some really cool wheels, nice exhaust. It's a four cylinder, but we're still gonna run duels because duels just look better uh, aesthetically. And we're gonna make a tuner package that's available for a couple grand, so we're not going outrageous with the prices. One of the things I would love to do is try to keep a lot of these standard prices uh, 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 the same where they're at because at the end of the day, you can get a brand new uh, car for $16,000. You can get a brand new sedan for $18,000. You can get a brand new where we uh, Eclipse Cross for $25,000. You can get the Outlander Sport for $21,000 and the third row Outlander for $26,000. So I don't want to stray too far away from these starting prices and keep them the same because I feel like a lot of people that are buying these cars are buying them because of their low price points. So I don't want to lose out on that. I just want to give a little bit more reason and give some schwa de vive, some spunk to the brand. So a tuner package for the Mirage on both the 
regular Mirage hatchback version and the G4. We'll call it the Rally R. Next, the Eclipse Cross. Here's what we're gonna do for that. The Eclipse Cross does have a version of it that races in the car currently and has since the Eclipse Cross has been uh, uh, a thing. So here's what I'm gonna do. We're gonna do a Rally Edition with some rally type wheels maybe we'll get um oz wheels which is a wheel company to uh jump in to throw some branded wheels on the rally package it'll have a little bit of a lift but not outrageous a nice big wing it'll still retain the 1.5 it'll just look a lot more aggressive right and some really big fog lights in this then we're gonna do the dakar edition now with that we're gonna there's gonna be two ways to get the Dakar Edition. The 1.5, now with that, you'll get off-road tires, let's say 31s. Nothing too big, but big for this vehicle. Or maybe even 29s, or somewhere between there. Something not too big, not too small. But yes, off-road tires. We're gonna do a lift kit, off-road shocks and springs, as well as a low center of gravity front and rear bumper, so that way, our off-road departure angles are really, really good. So we'll have all of that in the Dakar package. Now, part two of that is we're gonna do a Dakar Extreme package. Now, the Dakar Extreme package, I have everything listed before. A Little bit different graphics, because both of these vehicles will have optional graphics, kind of like the Ford F-150 Raptor. But what you're gonna get in the Extreme package a little bit better off-road system, so let's say uh, suspension by Fox, but we'll also drop in the 2.0 Evo motor, bumping up the vehicle to 300 horsepower, which now you have an off-roader that has a ton of power, super, super fun, all-wheel drive, and we'll throw in a, a, a differential that can be cut off, so you can throw the vehicle into rear wheel drive and do some really cool drifts with it. With the off-road tires, with the lift kit, maybe some old OZ wheels and just have that real off-road kind of look and pay homage to a vehicle that's currently running. Oh, front bumper will have huge round uh, uh, LED fog lights. <clears throat> Excuse me. So next, the Outlander. The Outlander, I would pretty much keep the same because I really like where it is and how it is in the segment. The only thing is, again, sticking with Mitsubishi Heritage, we're going to create a premium package. I'm gonna call it the Diamond. Um, if you don't know Mitsubishi's logo, is three diamonds. We're gonna run with that, and this is gonna be the Diamond package. And it will have the best of the best Napa leather interior, with the Evo engine, that'll give it 300 horsepower, which will move that truck. We are, we're gonna reuse the Evo engine a lot, but trust me, it's worth it, which is gonna take that 181 horsepower and bump it all the way, all the way up to 300. And now we're talking something really, really cool. Then, while that's out, and assuming all of this, these new changes are making tons of money, a year or two down the line, we're going to redo the plug-in hybrid where the plug-in hybrid's base engine is still the Evo engine, but you got 300 brake horsepower from the gas motor 
and a really, really big battery in there, maybe something like 100 kilowatts. And now you're talking about a something we can kind of label as not just a plug-in hybrid, but a performance plug-in hybrid. Something that's gonna have tons of launch time, be really, really cool to drive, and really, really fun. Um, but I got some other ideas as well. Now, that's what we're gonna do on stuff that we kind of have sitting in that we can change rather quickly and rather easily. What we're also going to do is we're going to come out with some new old product. So for the future, let's say four or five years, we develop all of these uh, packages and get that rolling systematically, one by one. Then we're gonna do the HSR. The HSR was a concept car. Uh, Mitsubishi built two of them to just kind of show if they wanted to build a supercar, what would they do and how could they do it? So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take the SHR and we're actually not gonna go, we're gonna build a concept, but we're gonna build a production version. And the great thing about building a production version is we're going to create some excitement. We're gonna have people say Mitsubishi. Now, um, in my last episode, I spoke about how awesome the Chevy Corvette is and how it competes with supercars. It's 60 grand and it's insane. And yes, it is all of those things. So I wanna steal a page out of their book. Here's what we're gonna do. We are going to build an SHR that will be two versions, a plug-in hybrid and a V8 powered one. Problem is Mitsubishi doesn't have a V8. So the guys over at Dodge or Stellantis they are getting rid of their Hemi, but it's an amazing motor. It's been developed for a very long time, but if they're not gonna use it, hey, Mitsubishi Motors has had relationships with Chrysler uh, uh, and Dodge before, so let's rebuild some of those bridges. We'll give them the Outlander chassis. And what that'll do is it'll give them a small SUV, not a small SUV, excuse me, a mid-sized SUV that they can now market for very, very cheaply. They'll dodgeify it, make it aggressive, make it look cool and probably stick a cool engine in it. And they'll move tons of them. And they'll also give it a really, really cool name. But they don't have to worry about the R&D because the chassis is very inexpensive. They get a chassis and we get a Hemi. And we're gonna take this Hemi and dump this Hemi in this SH, the uh, HSR. And we'll call it the HSR3. It'll be amazing. Now, are we gonna market this car against the likes of the Corvette and this, that, or the third? No. We are gonna aim this car at Bugatti, at um, the Chiron, at the Koenigsegg, the Hiwaiwa. We're gonna aim this car at hypercars. And we're going to get some of the best people, maybe even some people from Pinaferina. And there is a Pinaferina hypercar, but we're going to market this thing as a $60,000 hypercar. It'll seat too comfortably. It'll built to be fast. All the technology we can kind of throw in this thing, but still sell this thing for 60 grand. It can be done. 
it might be a little heavy because you know when to mark to sell it at sixty thousand dollars means it's not gonna have a uh, carbon fiber cockpit and a carbon fiber frame, but maybe aluminum, unibody, that stuff can be figured out. All wheel drive with a Hemi in the back, hypercar that you can buy at $60,000. And like the Corvette, you can park it next to a high robbery. You can park it next to a Koenigsegg. You can park it next to the Mercedes One. All of these are amazing uh, hypercars. And you can park it next to the Bugatti Chiron. And it looks like it blends in. It looks like it could be a million dollar vehicle, but it's only $60,000. And with the Hemi, relatively lightweight frame, lightweight body, as light as we can get it, but still build it inexpensively. I wanted to be able to run with those cars. Maybe not side by side, but for a fraction of the price, if it can stay in their rear view mirror at all times and put the power down, not only will people buy it, but people will flock to buy it. And we'll build limited amounts of them. The idea isn't to build a bazillion of them. We'll build maybe a couple thousand of them. Pre-orders, the pre-orders will probably sell insanely fast. Boom, 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 boom. Get this thing out on a roll. Then, another thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna bring back some names. But before I do that, we're dropping the Outlander Sport. I don't think it's necessary because it's too close to the size of the Eclipse Cross. You don't need two five passengers that are only a hair off of them from each other. So, I'm bringing back the Diamante. Oh, I never said the uh, price of the HSR. I would like to, I mentioned 60 grand, but that was the vet. I would like to do that around $80,000. Sell it for 80 grand, you have a hypercar that compares to million dollar vehicles. It would be so fire. Now, for around the 60 grand mark, I wanna bring back the Diamante, but this is gonna be an all EV. 100 kilowatts, responsive, quick, as luxurious as we can make this thing, and I want you to be able to park it next to $110,000 S-Class and feel like you got the great deal. And not only did you get a great deal, but your car can do everything that S-Class do, except maybe the four-wheel steering. That's not a big thing. But to be proud of your car next to what S-Class, knowing that your car is built to solely steal some shares from the S-Class and the uh, uh, ESQ. Uh, I mean, EQS, excuse me. Um, flaws and all. Y'all gotta love me for my flaws and all. So. We're gonna drop the Diamante ultra luxury vehicle aimed at the uh, EQS and the regular S-Class, but this is gonna be EV only. Big on comfort, big on luxury, big on a ride. It's gonna be comfortable. I want it to be a big, large sedan, but flow, you know? I really want it to be comfortable. I want you to be able to not Fill potholes. I, I wanted to ride really, really well. So, last but not least, we're gonna do another EV. Why am I doing all of this EV? That's where the market is going. The market is headed to an all EV uh, uh, lineup. A lot of companies are doing it. So, if we're gonna save Mitsubishi, 
they have to do it too. And last but not least, we're gonna do a Starion EV, something that we can put on the market for about $20,000, $25,000, um, all the way up to a high performance version for about 40, because I don't want it to get close to the Diamante and I don't want it to get close to the um, HSR. And it's gonna be an all EV vehicle, couple different batteries for different performance levels and something really cool, real wheel drive, fun to drive, also an all wheel drive version. And bring back the Starion because it's got a futuristic name, so there's some room to be extremely futuristic with, this, with the design. Also, maybe even pick up a couple of styling hues and elements from the SHR production model. And that's how in, let's say five to 10 years, I would save Mitsubishi. You'll bring back excitement to the brand. Once upon a time, Mitsubishi was known to build fun, exciting vehicles, whether it's off-road or on the track or in the dirt, and they've lost that. This brings that back. This brings back the excitement, but keeps these low starting points where somebody who doesn't want to spend $20,000, $30,000 on a brand new car and they want basic transportation, they can come to Mitsubishi and still buy basic transportation point A to point B and a decent brand new car with a decent warranty for $16,000. We're going to keep that, but still make some really cool, fun stuff. So the person driving the $18,000 Mirage G4 will know, hey, my company also builds a really cool supercar. And hey, if I get my credit up, I save a little bit, maybe I can get one of these cooler versions and start work on getting people to climb the ladder of Mitsubishi through our vehicles as their families grow, as their wants grow, and as their needs grow. And that's how Bobby Fresco is going to save Mitsubishi. Now, my unsolicited opinion. Um, really quickly, I have to thank Gilly from A Million Dollars Worth of Game. He said exactly what needed to be said about Takeoff's death. First of all, um, God bless the dead, rest in peace, Takeoff. I feel for him, his family, for him to pass away for something so meaningless. I'm not gonna talk about rumors or talk about the case. Uh, that's, you know, already been said a thousand times at this point. You scrolled past it on social media a billion times. But we gotta stop this senseless violence over dumb shit. Excuse my French. Um, Jada Kiss once said in uh, a rap song, if it's all love, why'd you bring your gun? Like, come on. Like, we have to do better as a people. We have to do better as a culture. We are losing legends. We are losing great ones. And some of these guys were going on to be legends. They might have not have made that legendary mark before they passed, but some of them, a lot of them, were on their way to do legendary stuff. And if you love their music, if you love the culture, we got to do something different. We we have to do something different. This is this is this is this is a lot now. It's been a lot. It's been too much. We have to do something different. Let's stop the violence. Seriously. It's, it's, it's enough time. Let's stop. 
I'm sick of this. I know you're sick of this. I know we're sick of finding the right picture to customize and do the RIP and sleep in peace. I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing this person dead, that person dead. Gun violence is real. Mental health is real. Let's do better. There's got to be a way for us to do better. And in other news, Drake, 21 Savage, dropped the album. Oh my God. Classic, classic. It's It's been about time. Every time they team up together, it's a hit. It, it is a Drake album through and through. 21 lends his... His savageness, pun intended. And when these guys get together, hits, guaranteed hits. I've listened to this album probably about three times, uh, back to front, and it's a great album. It's a great album. Play it, listen to it, listen to it a few times. You can't go wrong. And apparently they're both dropping some subs in there. I'm not going to talk about the rumors. It's not my lane, but definitely check it out. Now, last but not least, ain't nothing to it, but to do it, it's time for the Hoopty of the Week. And today's Hoopty of the Week, or should I say this week's Hoopty of the Week, is going to be the Porsche Cayenne. That's right, Porsche, Hoopty of the Week. Yeah, I said it. So, with the Porsche, you're going to look at, if you get the regular uh, Porsche Cayenne, you're looking at an SUV, let's say large, to pinch over midsize. So, nowhere near the size of something full, like an Expedition or a Tahoe, but it's way smaller than that. Seats five, very, very comfortably. You're looking at about 247 horsepower for the regular version. For the S, you're gonna be all the way up to 385 horsepower. Now, I don't let those numbers fool you because 385 horsepower in a Porsche is a lot because Porsche knows how to put the power down. But Bobby, it's a Porsche. I can't afford to maintain this thing. Guess what? You're probably not ever gonna need to. That's the greatest thing about this thing. It's bulletproof. It's basically a Touareg with a Porsche badge on it. So it is extremely reliable. Go figure. It's actually the most reliable Porsche ever made. You're looking probably easy. 300,000, 350,000 miles on these things. So you're good. Keep the oil change. You buy a decent one. You're not going to have to worry about maintenance. Try to get as few owners as possible. That's the trick to these. The fewer the owners, the better chance you didn't get the one guy who didn't do any maintenance. These things were very expensive, brand new. So vehicles with one or two owners were probably leases that got regularly maintained. And, you know, try to find them in really, really nice areas. You got a better shot. The more owners in these trucks, the sketchier it is. You can get into one, a decent one for about five grand. And it might be a 2007, 2008, 2009 um, for around five grand. The older, the cheaper. So pay attention to what years you're looking at. Like I said, the sweet spot is probably 09 to 07, but these vehicles don't look outdated at all. I'm gonna be honest, from 2009 to 2007, 
I would recommend buying some newer model Porsche Cayenne wheels from a junkyard. You'll get them very, very cheap. You slap those on there, clean any fog on the headlights, and you have a vehicle that looks great. All these trucks need is just an updated wheel. Now, I would definitely go for the S. Go for the S, 385 horsepower. Still, just as reliable, just as bulletproof. You have a little bit better wheels, but they're still outdated for the, uh, the current standards. You get one of those, you keep it clean, polish the headlights, and the S also, not only do you get the bigger engine, better wheels, better uh, front fascia, it's a little bit more sportier. You jump into that, as long as the leather's good, you're gonna have an amazing vehicle. Sweet spot, as far as price points, you can get into one, like I said, for about five grand. You really wanna try to pay seven to 10. The seven to 10 in one of these is gonna get you a lot of truck. Now, I believe the facelift was right around 2011, 12. You can get one with the facelift, which makes the car extremely modern. Now, it looks not too far off what the current 23 looks like, but it's gonna be a super hoopty if you can get it under 10, unless you just literally stole it from somebody because you're probably 12, 13, 14 for one of those. But even if you finance that with a few dollars down, it's still really, really worth it as long as you get one with low owners. Like I said, as far as being able to put miles on this thing, these things will take 300,000 miles. You keep good fluids in them. Uh, the only, I think, asterisk is when it needs radiator fluid, you have to buy the radiator fluid from Porsche. And I think it's about a hundred bucks for a jug. So just bear that in mind. Um, anytime you're running hot or you have any cooling issues, just get that taken care of quickly. But a lot of this vehicle was built by Volkswagen. So you can actually take parts that you need for this vehicle, look on the part itself or do a little research, find the part number, and walk into a Volkswagen dealership, buy the exact part you need, and put it on your car, because it's the exact same part, but for a fraction of what you would pay if you walked in to a Porsche dealership asking for that same part. So sometimes buying aftermarket is a little sketchy. You can go to rockauto.com for parts, but you can just buy the exact same part number you need from Volkswagen for a fraction of what you would pay for that exact same part at Porsche. Bada boom, there you go. Porsche Cayenne, especially the Cayenne S, 2007 to like, let's say 2010. Try to get one under uh, 10 grand. It's possible, eight, nine, get the yes. You'll have a beautiful SUV. Just have a couple grand on the side to buy some updated wheels. I wouldn't go aftermarket because a lot of the aftermarket wheels don't look good on this vehicle. So just get some newer model Cayenne wheels, put them on there. You'll have a beautiful vehicle at any budget you'll pull up and you have tons of curb repair because hoopty of the week hoopty of the day has to have curb repair that's one common denominator you're going to find in all of these they have to have curb repair so this has been a, a little bit longer episode guys it's been fun like i said i mentioned it early on if you've been listening yo thank you so much i appreciate you you don't know how much it means to me thank you for listening tune in next week and don't forget, follow me, like, subscribe, share. If you have any questions, concerns, uh, any topics you want me to talk about or get my opinion on, hit me up at Babo Radio. 
facebook.com bobby fresco radio at gmail bobby fresco radio at instagram i'll be posting a couple examples of the hoopty of the week there so if you want to see exactly uh, the vehicles i'm talking about don't forget to check out the ig bobby fresco radio on ig yo it's been beautiful i love you guys i'm out